While we were marching through Georgia, everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The Alaman left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe. Promenade that pretty gal to Georgia. At the start of season one, I took a map of Georgia and a compass. I put the pointy end on the extreme upper right of Georgia and put the pencil point on Athens and then drew an arc across the northeast portion of the state. Every story we did had some connection with the territory within that arc. For season two, I'm drawing the arc a little wider and I will incorporate some of the other counties to the northeast of Atlanta. Places like Lawrenceville and Decatur have long and intricate histories and they're too good not to share. I'll try to stay close to the original mission of discussing history and places in northeast Georgia, but we will venture out a little once in a while. For the first episode of season two, we're even going to cross the border. This is Moving Through Georgia, Season 2, Episode 1, The Walton War. The first episode of Season 1 also addressed issues with boundary lines. In this case, we're looking at a strip of land that was being settled by families from North and South Carolina. This area was called the Orphan Strip, as it was fairly isolated. It was a sort of no-man's land that was inhabited by Cherokee as well as some outlaws. In 1787, South Carolina ceded the land to the United States government, who then awarded it to the Cherokee. The Cherokee, strangely enough, gave it back. And for a while, no one chose to claim the land as its own. Eventually, North Carolina claimed that the land was part of their territory over some objection by the state of Georgia. And here we address an event that changed Georgia forever and that would continue to affect policy in this state for decades, and that's the Yazoo land fraud. The origin of this convoluted tale goes back to the original exploration of the South by the French, British, and Spanish, and it has been explored in minute detail by generations of historians. The Yazoo land fraud is more of a trigger for the Walton War, but it is a major part in Georgia's development and it deserves a closer look. Maybe not its own episode, but it deserves a closer look. Remember that at its founding, the colony of Georgia claimed land all the way to the Mississippi, land that now comprises the states of Alabama and Mississippi. This was known as the Yazoo country after a river that flowed through the area. After the revolution, land speculation was rampant around the country, but the disposition of the Yazoo lands were still being debated. Some felt that the land should be sold in a land lottery. Some felt that it should be awarded to those soldiers that had fought in the revolution. There were some early attempts to sell huge tracts of land to land speculators, but they fell through. Eventually, a group of men, including United States Senator James Gunn and U.S. Supreme Court Justice James Wilson, allegedly used bribery, threats, and persuasion to pass a bill in the state legislature selling 35 million acres to four land speculation companies for half a million dollars. Over cries of bribery and governmental corruption, including street demonstrations, the sale was eventually approved by Governor George Matthews. 
A few people thought this was a bad idea. Apparently, Governor Matthew's secretary even dipped his pen in oil instead of ink so that the governor's signature wouldn't stick to the document. It didn't work. People went wild. Protesters waving ropes threatened the legislatures, claiming that they had all been bribed. Many who voted for the sale left the state in fear or hid away. One article claims that a state senator was found and actually murdered in South Carolina. Duels were fought. The Yazoo land sale dominated the conversation throughout the state. During that, those four companies began selling land within the Yazoo Territory as a Georgia senator named James Jackson, who had himself apparently refused a bribe of half a million acres, left his seat and returned to Georgia to investigate any corruption related to the sale. He arranged to have the document of the sale publicly burned in front of the crowd. Jackson authored a bill in the state legislature that would nullify the sale, which was eventually signed by Governor Jared Irwin. Eventually, the Yazoo land was ceded to the federal government for one and a quarter million dollars, and those companies that had previously purchased the land more or less disappeared. The problems caused by the sale and its eventual nullification didn't disappear. Those who had bought land from those companies found that they had lost their investments entirely and began to use the courts to reclaim some of their lost money. The case reached the Supreme Court in 1810 where Chief Justice John Marshall gave the majority opinion that the law nullifying the Yazoo land sale was unconstitutional. This was the first time that the United States Supreme Court claimed the power to nullify a state law that they considered to be unconstitutional. Eventually, Congress provided $5 million from another land sale to settle the remaining claims. So here's the question, what does that have to do with some settlers in northeast Georgia who aren't exactly sure what state they live in? In the agreement to give up that land in the West, that strip of land which Congress believed belonged to South Carolina and was known as the Orphan Strip was given to Georgia, who used it to establish Walton County in 1803. With a county named after George Walton, all three signers of the Declaration of Independence had a county named after them. The problem was that no one consulted or really even communicated with the settlers of that region. One day they were North or South Carolinians, the next day they were Georgians. There was also some dispute about the accuracy of the survey lines that delineated the new county. There was a lot of discussion and some arguing, but things didn't start to get heated until Walton County officials began demanding that the residents of the new county begin paying their taxes to Georgia. That's when the Walton War began. Now it was a challenge to find information on the conflict. Details in my usual sources are pretty sketchy. The best description I could find was from a book entitled The Walton War and Tales of the Great Smoky Mountains, which was illustrated by local artist John Colick. In 1805, the former orphan strip was beginning to settle down and put its formerly lawless ways behind it. 
That's when North Carolina claimed that the line between it and Georgia had been interpreted incorrectly and that the land known as Walton County was in fact part of North Carolina and always had been. Georgia refused to accept this position and stood by the original agreement. The actual inhabitants of this land began to fight among themselves as to which state they belonged to. For two years or so, there was a state of dissensions having produced many riots, affrays, assaults, batteries, woundings, and imprisonments. I have a feeling the residents of Walton County, or the Orphan's Trip, kind of had a plan. As long as they could tell the Georgia officials that they were North Carolinians, and that they could tell the North Carolina officials that they were Georgians, they didn't have to pay taxes to anybody. Okay, we've covered a lot of ground so far, and we still have a ways to go. Everything at this point hinges on the 35th parallel, the line that divides Georgia from North Carolina. A commission with members from both states looked into this and found that there had been a mistake. The 35th parallel was further south than they had originally thought it was, and Walton County was technically in North Carolina. Getting too deep into details can make a podcast confusing and boring. So, the United States asked South Carolina to give the orphans trip to Georgia, which it did. North Carolina later said that South Carolina never owned that land and therefore had no right to give it away. They claimed it was still North Carolina land. The North Carolina legislature graciously accepted the land and generously declared an amnesty to those within it. Georgia didn't. They ignored the commission's recommendations entirely. The issue was referred to the United States Congress, who ignored it. The ball gets passed for the next two years or so. Georgia would request that the line be reconsidered, North Carolina would reject their offer, and the U.S. Congress would continue to do absolutely nothing. Georgia, however, still considered the land to be their territory and was still trying to govern it. In 1810, North Carolina decided enough was enough and sent a military detachment, we don't know how big, to take hold of the land. The government of Walton County heard of the plan and began to ready their resistance. An actual battle was fought, resulting in anywhere between 1 and 14 deaths, depending on who you ask. The officials of Walton County were taken prisoner and were removed to a jail in North Carolina. Another battle involving the retreating Georgians was fought nearby, and possibly some smaller engagements, but there's no clear record as to the time following that first engagement. Needless to say, the trained and orderly North Carolina militia quickly pacified the area and planted their flag. The orphan strip, the former Walton County, was now part of North Carolina. It still is. There are some interesting side notes involving the Walton War. The first is that the entire conflict is not really widely known. Remember, this took place in a fairly remote part of the South, and any journalists or newspaper men who wanted a good story were covering the events running up to the War of 1812. Another is that the Georgia State Legislature was working from their current state capital, Louisville in Jackson County. It is pronounced Louisville, named after the King of France for his contributions to the American cause during the Revolution. 
The state capital moved there from Augusta in 1796 and would move to Milledgeville within 10 years. And last but not least, Walton County. In 1818, with the founding of Walton County east of Atlanta, every signer of the Declaration of Independence, George Walton, Button Gwinnett, and Lyman Hall, all had counties named after them. It's nice to be back behind the microphone reminding you that Moving Through Georgia is a podcast about history and place in Northeast Georgia. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review on whatever podcast aggregator you use. And if you have comments, criticisms, or a good story to share, consider sending them to movingthroughgeorgia at gmail.com. And that was the end of the Walton War. Almost. In 1971, the Georgia State Legislature passed a resolution again questioning the exact location of the border between it and North Carolina. Mostly as a joke, the state government of North Carolina then threatened to mobilize the National Guard if their southern neighbor again questioned their territory. Of course, with modern equipment, we now know exactly where the border is, so hopefully the two states can now put this conflict behind them. Everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The yellow man left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right left walk on your heel and toe. From an aid that pretty gal to Georgia, that's all.